Tammy Vasquez grew up in the Bronx. She came from a working class family. Her dad was a garbage collector. She always dreamed of someday leaving her low class status behind and making it big in corporate America. Well, after many years of hard work, she began to see her dreams fulfilled. By the time she was only 35, she was working in Manhattan as a high-ranking corporate executive. It was just around this time, though, that tragedy struck. One day, while crossing Wall Street, Tammy was hit by a bus and instantly died. Tammy suddenly finds herself at the pearly gates where she's greeted by St. Peter. Welcome to heaven, Tammy, St. Peter says. Well, thanks. Uh, it's good to be here, Tammy says with a look of utter astonishment on her face. How'd I get here? Well, to tell you the truth, we're just as surprised as you that you're here. It's not often someone in your line of work makes it up here, and usually when they do, it means something's gone wrong somewhere. So what we usually do before letting one of your kind get settled in with us is we give them a choice. Before spending a day with us in heaven, they get to spend a day with the devil in hell, and then they get to choose which location they want to spend their eternity in. Tammy hesitated. Um, I, I think I've already made my choice. I'd prefer heaven. So if you don't mind, could you just let me in, please? Sorry, says St. Peter. That would be a violation of company protocol. You'll have to first spend a day in hell. Bye-bye. And with that, Tammy finds herself in an elevator, plummeting downwards, down, 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 at an amazingly fast rate. As she descends, small beads of perspiration begin to form on her brow. When she was a child, she was taught about hell in Catholic school, and it didn't sound like a place she wanted to go to. By her teen years, though, she came to seriously doubt the Bible and religion, uh, but after just now seeing the pearly gates in St. Peter with her own eyes, she was having doubts about her doubts and was feeling really anxious about her visit to hell. So you can imagine her great relief when the elevator reaches hell and its doors open up onto the plush green expanse of a beautiful golf course. Luscious greenery everywhere, blue skies, wonderfully clean air, and standing all around her are her fellow executives, the bigwigs of her company and all the people she's always wanted to be friends with. And they're all dressed in tuxedos and evening gowns. They run up and kiss her and welcome her with open arms. Then they proceed to play a wonderful round of golf. And as night falls, they all file into the clubhouse and they enjoy an excellent steak dinner. And what's more, Tammy's even introduced to the devil himself. Much to her surprise, he's quite a nice guy, rather charming, in fact, and truth be told, he's kind of cute. Yes, as the devil flashes her a big smile, she beams back and thinks to herself, boy, this guy's gotten a bad rap. I mean, he's actually a really great guy. The nuns in Catholic school might have been right about the pearly gates in St. Peter, but they got this guy all wrong. So the night continues on with much laughter and dancing. Tammy is just having a ball. 
But before you know it, it's time to leave. Everybody waves goodbye to her as she gets into the elevator and goes back to heaven. So, St. Peter says, you've spent your day in hell. Get ready for your day in heaven. So Tammy proceeds to spend her day in heaven. You know the deal. Puffy white clouds, little angels with wings, harps, lots of alleluias. I mean, it's okay, but truth be told, it's a little boring, kind of like going to church. You know, it's okay for a little bit, but you don't want to spend too much time there. Well, when all is said and done, St. Peter says to her, So you spent your day in hell and your day in heaven. Which one do you want to spend eternity in? Tammy, looking up at St. Peter a bit sheepishly, says, Well, I never thought I'd say this. I mean, heaven was great and all, but I think I had a better time in hell. I'd like to spend my eternity there, if you don't mind. So St. Peter graciously escorts her to the elevator, and down she goes, arriving at the bottommost level back in hell. Except this time, as the elevator's doors begin to open, black smoke starts to fill the elevator. Coughing and waving her hand, Tammy stumbles out of the elevator onto a desolate wasteland, only to be assailed by the stench of burning garbage. Everywhere she looks, she sees columns of black smoke rising up from heaps of burning garbage, blackening the sky, blocking out the light of the sun. She feels like she's suffocating and wants to faint. Her co-workers are all there, but they're dressed in rags, and they're all coughing and stumbling around as they wander about here and there, collecting garbage. The devil approaches her. Tammy, Tammy, welcome back. We've been waiting for you. I I don't understand, stammers Tammy. Just yesterday there was a golf course here and a clubhouse and we ate steak and it was really good steak and we danced and I had a ball. Now there's a wasteland of garbage and all my fellow executives look like miserable garbage collectors. The devil gives her one of his big smiles. Tammy, Tammy, yesterday we were recruiting you for the job. But today, honey, congratulations because your staff. My brothers and sisters, what do we learn from this little humorous story? Well, it's about the nature of temptation. The devil tempts us with what appears to be good, but what is really bad. When he lays his traps, you might experience good sights and sounds, good feelings, even some maybe good people. But in truth, these things are not good. They're only bait the devil uses to trap the unsuspecting sinner. So, how do we avoid being deceived by the devil? Today's gospel shows us the way. Notice how our Lord defeats all three of Satan's temptations. He simply announces the truth as it has been revealed to us in the Word of God. It is the truth of the Word of God that unmasks the lies and deceits of the devil. To the devil's first temptation, Jesus says, it is written, and then he quotes the words of the Bible. To his second temptation, 
Jesus says, it is written again, he quotes the words of the Bible. So Jesus defeats the first and the second of the devil's attacks with the Bible. But notice what happens with the third temptation. The devil changes his tactics and decides to quote the Bible himself. Now it's the devil who says it is written. But he quotes the the words of the Bible in a false manner, contrary to the meaning of the Bible taken as a whole. To this third temptation, Jesus counters with the Bible, but with the Bible correctly interpreted. And who could interpret the word of God more authentically but Jesus, who is himself the word of God made flesh? You see, it's not enough to bring the words of the Bible against the lies of the devil. He can quote the Bible better than any of us can. Instead, we need to bring against him the authentically interpreted word of God. But where do we find this authentic interpretation? We find it in the church, which is the mystical body of Christ on earth, which for the past 2,000 years has, with the special assistance of the Holy Spirit, been proclaiming the word of God to the world. So let us examine ourselves. Do we believe the Bible? Or do we think it's just a bunch of legends? Do we believe the teachings of the church? Or do we think the church is just a merely human institution? Do we think we know more than the word of God as interpreted and as taught to us by the church? Over these next 40 days, as we travel with Jesus through the desert of Lent in preparation for Easter, let's get back to the basics and put first things first. Let's cling to the word of God in faith. Thereby, at the end of our Lenten journey, and God willing, at the end of our life's journey, we will have avoided getting deceived by the devil because we will have lived according to the truth of the word of God.